Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it's time for another post-game show. Unfortunately, it's the last one of the season. Even though the Steelers win 28-14 to over the Cleveland Browns in Week 18, they do not make the playoffs because the New York Jets are awful and Joe Flacco still sucks. So let's bring in the other – round out the trio here. Dave Schofield, what's up, Dave? Oh, not much. Hey, got to be happy about the the Steelers taking care of business decisively. That was the most important thing. Everything else doesn't go your way. Sounds like um, I think it might have been Chris Adamski on Twitter said, you know, this just kind of goes to show why it's so hard to hit like a six leg parlay because that's what the Steelers needed going into last week, and they only got they got five out of the six. Yeah, Brian Davis, what's up, Brian? Hey, we are here. I, I kind of echo what Dave says. You wanted them to take care of it. This would be whole so much worse if the Jets actually took care of business and the Steelers lost. And what this becomes is now it's a preview of the future. You look at how they can continue to grow. Mike Tomlin said that in his press conference. When you win seven of your last nine games after a two and six start, that's absolutely fantastic. And that's a glimpse of what can happen next year? We did not want it to end this early, but past demons from September to October came back to haunt you, and that's what happened today. Absolutely, and the streak that everyone just loves to talk about is Mike Tomlin's non-losing season streak <laughs> is intact, folks. Another year where Steeler fans can just walk around and boast about that. I understand that within the fan base, that is such a touchy subject, but it's true. They finished I, nine and eight. And I, I think got a better that, one. What's I got up, a better one. Yeah. Since the AFC North has officially got aligned the way it did in 2002, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never come in last. Ah, that's an interesting tidbit. I did not know that. Yep. I did not know that. All right. Let's get the super chat up here. Cass gives us uh, $9.99. <laughs> His next year looks promising and the rebuild may be ahead of the schedule. Uh, in parentheses, Joe Flacco. <laughs> I do echo that for sure. Uh, Tyler W. gives us $9. Has I refused to be sad about the beatdown we just administered to the Browns. That was a shellacking. Bye-bye, Stains. I don't want the fact yeah. that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tyler. I don't want the fact that the Steelers don't get into the playoffs to really dampen the, the win in Week 18. It was a good win. And, and honestly, they didn't play after that fumble by Najee Harris, which we'll talk about. The Steelers' first half was not pretty, and in the second half, they certainly did turn it on, and we'll get into all that. Before we do that, Evgeny Crosby gives us $5. Glad the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. We have a great future ahead. Losing T.J. Watt and going 1-6 and six in the process really was our undoing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, L.M. Arthur Steele, 499 thank you very much. He said, I'm renaming you 3 the Shield. 
question with what you saw this year, do you expect Pittsburgh making a serious deep playoff run in 2023? All right. Well, let's talk about that quickly. Dave, what do you think? They have all the setup in order to do so. They will have some room with the salary cap, assuming they make some moves that we anticipate, you know, like things with William Jackson, the third and whatnot. Uh, I had a salary cap article out this, this week for that, for that very thing. Um, the draft, you got some some decent picks in there, including pick number thirty two, which I'm sure nice. we'll talk about. Um, so you've got to you, you've got to make the moves. You've got to fill up your team with free agency, and then use the draft to even supplement it even more. We could talk about all oh, what are the Steelers' needs in the draft. We can say it all we want. That changes so much after free agency. It really does. So we know their needs now, but they could change um, by the end of March. Brian, what are your thoughts on the potential of Steelers not just making the playoffs next year, but maybe a deep run? You know, the last time they did not make the playoffs because of a losing season was 2003. They ended up with Ben Roethlisberger. They went 15-1 and in that regular season. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but it's nice that they already have their rookie quarterback in place, and he's going to be a year-two guy. And Mike Tomlin talked about year-two guys. You expect those rookies to make that kind of jump when he was talking about Connor Hayward, but he was also talking about one Kenneth Shane Pickett as well. And I also want to say to Arthur, that is, you guys don't realize it, but Nicknaming us the shield. If you're a wrestling geek like me, that is one of the the biggest superstar trios in the last 10 years of WWE. So that's actually a big compliment. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know that reference, but uh yeah, so <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever. That's fine. No, I appreciate it. I I do want to say that the, the offseason will take care of itself, and I don't want to dive too far into I understand that the fans, you know, they want to look ahead, and TJ Watt said it best in his post-game press conference today when he said man we thought we had a, we have a really good mix of young really talented players and some veterans that are that can lead the way i think that was a great way of putting it i mean when you think about a player like cam hayward tj watt Minka fitzpatrick a lot of those players might reside on the defense but they're the been there done that guy at least when it comes to being in the postseason so that's going to be something uh but let's again focus on this game Let's do some knee-jerk reactions to this game. Dave, go ahead. What's your knee-jerk reaction? Oh, just – it really wasn't all that close. It was really nice to just be able to, to just kind of peek in on other games because the Steelers had it taken care of. And, of course, there was the touchdown that wasn't early on. As I tweeted out, everyone was furious that Mike Tomlin didn't challenge that. I'm furious that Mike Tomlin had to – where it was where he would have had to have challenged that. That should have been called a touchdown to start. Then they review it and say, oh, he's down short. That's the, as you were saying during the game, Jeff, that's the formula they've used all season and they didn't use it in that instance. Also, the other thing is if he challenges that and they don't overturn it because they can't tell because of the shadow on the field and things like that, then the then it would have been, oh man, why, why, why waste a challenge there? It was only second down and you were inside the one. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. The, the game played out the way that it did from that point on. It was just nice to see the Steelers offense really come through and, 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 and be able to run pass Pat Furmuth goes down. Connor Hayward steps up. It was just a, a nice, especially the second half all around um, team win. I do want to mention before I throw it over to Brian, the Pat Fryermuth knee injury, uh, as well as Gunnar Olszewski, they both left with knee injuries. Fryermuth was listed as out immediately. Almost. Yeah. And Mike Tomlin just said it's, it needs to be evaluated. And, and unless they do an on-field exam and they know that there's something seriously wrong, and, and Tomlin's never going to say that uh, in a post-game press conference. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not a major knee injury that's going to require reconstructive surgery and have him doing a lot of rehabilitation this offseason and not really getting to prepare and starting the year on IR. Let's hope that doesn't go that way. Brian, knee-jerk reaction. Sorry, go ahead. I'm definitely I'm anxious to uh, hear about that because what Mike Tomlin said was they're being evaluated right now. Yeah. So I I believe the evaluation has already begun. So when the Steelers did not get the touchdown like Dave was talking about just that drive alone made me at ease and I I got a text from uh from some viewers and listeners and saying, you know, it's a, a few of them like, yeah, well, they look like crap. It's over already. I'm like, no, just, I mean, I'm optimistic. I think they're going to be fine. 
And I really felt like they were going to be fine. Even after that Najoku touchdown, I, 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 uh, was at ease because I liked the way they were moving the ball from the get-go. This is an AFC North game. This is a game with Denzel Ward that before he went out, he was just attacking everybody. This is Miles Garrett on that other side of the ball too. And those guys, I'm going to steal a Mike Tomlin line. They did not blink. They might've gone down early, but Usually when the way it went this year at the beginning for the first 10 or 12 games or so, if the Steelers went down first, they were not coming back. I think they were the only team that, that won all their games that they were ahead early until that Raiders game. So, you know, for that, I was really pleased with the way Pittsburgh looked where they approached this game. They were focused on what was going on. Another Mike Tomlinism in stadium and not outside and that's all that mattered to me so that's what uh makes me want to go out and get some shades because that future is bright so for me to sum up my knee-jerk reaction in this game is is how i felt when the steelers were stumbling around in the first half i had this calm about me i was like they've got it because the steelers were moving the football and we've seen them do it in big moments already this second half and I was, I honestly had a calm about me thinking, yeah, the, the offense is going to be fine. They're going to move the ball. Now, yeah, you want to be able to score touchdowns, and that's been an issue. But still, what a stark difference in just my own personal feelings about the offense when they go on the field compared to just a few weeks ago. They've done a lot. They've made a lot of huge strides, and I think that was noticeable in this game. Let's get some super chats here. Tom Muir gives us $9 a dollar for every I was W. Waiting for Tom. <laughs> yep. Had we handled business against New England, Miami, or the Jets, we would be in regardless. This team has a nucleus to build on for next year. The games that will haunt this team, in my opinion, are the Patriots and Jets. Those two losses will come back and really I- – I'm, I'm really throwing hard. in Miami and the Ravens as well. Those yeah. were both games. I mean, that Miami game, the Steelers shut them out in the second half. The offense just had to score a touchdown once, and they couldn't do it. Both of those games you just mentioned were undone by interceptions. Kenny Pickett yep. against Miami and yep. Trubisky Absolutely. against Absolutely. Uh, Nicholas Gabriel gives us $2. His Deontay got his first touchdown. <laughs> LOL. He got a two-point conversion. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for the tip. Thank you to everyone that has ever donated some of their hard-earned money to the program. I can't tell you how much it, that's, it's still astonishing to me that people will do that, but we appreciate it. I don't want you all to think that it goes unnoticed. Uh, let's get this one here. Meet whip 21. That's a great name. Uh, give it, what is that? A Euro two twenty two. I don't I know. Assume. We get this 32nd overall for Claypool. Yeah. So technically, could you imagine like, <laughs> technically that would normally be in a, in a typical draft year where a team isn't forced to forfeit a pick. That's a first round pick. If someone would ever tell you, that at the trade deadline, you're going to trade Chase Claypool for a first round pick. You would have laughed there. You would laugh them out of the room or wherever you were. And yet here we are. And again, Omar Khan did the anti Miami, which remember when they traded for the Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers did the Miami, they Miami chose Pittsburgh. They thought they were going to have a better draft pick. Khan could have gone with the Packers, but instead he goes with the bears and we had a lot of people beat uh, BTSC people. I mean, not staff, but, but our regular listeners and, and commenters and stuff on the website that thought, Oh man, that was a mistake. They should have gone with the Packers. They're much worse than the bears. And I'm like, I think the Packers with Claypool would have been even better. Imagine if Chase Claypool was on there. Maybe the Packers are at the playoffs because uh, Chase Claypool only won two games all season. <laughs> they win and they're in. So, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean? Chase Claypool left once he got traded away from the Steelers, never won another game for the rest no. of the season. No, I mean, yeah. his, his stats were incredibly bad, too. Two and 15. Yikes. You know, the, the great thing about that, too, is, you know, you said essentially a number one pick. I'm calling it a number one pick because mm-hmm. there's 32 picks in the first round. But you don't get the fifth year option. That's the only difference. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that. But yeah, the that's the only player, difference. <laughs> and that pick is always sought after. There's going to be a lot of people, a lot of teams, a lot of GMs, you know, calling the Steelers at the beginning of day two, at the end of day one, trying to get that pick. So it's really interesting what they can do with just that. Yeah. Um, Kyle Smith gives us $5 says, I thought the start of this game was absolutely pathetic, but as the game went on, the young core showed out. I'm excited for the future and draft number 32. Now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of 
Kyle, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. After the fumble, yes, it was pathetic. I agree. Because I thought that opening drive was actually tremendous. The Steelers were running the ball right down their throats, and then it wasn't until that goal line situation where Najee Harris fumbled. And I'm, even, I'm getting text message from my dad, and I said, Dad, it's just, this offense hasn't been the same since that fumble. So, I, I, yeah, a little caveat. After that, definitely pathetic. Would agree. Wilson Pava gives us nine ninety nine. Mike Tomlin is worth six wins. He's done another incredible job bringing a team together and helping them win more than they should. Promising offense, great defense. Next year will be good. BTSC Tism. Thank you, Wilson. Appreciate it. Tom Year gives us $18. Another dollar for every week of fantastic coverage from the BTSC crew. Thanks for another fantastic year, gents. Jeff, you finally hit your parlay. That's I right. In the last I week did it. I played it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know what's really stupid about this? The week I don't play my own parlay is the week it hits. That's yeah. the stupidest freaking thing ever. But I'm glad I finally got one out of 18. Now 17. 17, because I didn't do one in the bye week. Yeah. Still, I'm not a gamer. Oh. We'll, we'll put it that way. All oh. right, let's get this show on the road. Let's start with the quarterback position, as we always do. Kenneth Shane Pickett finishes the day 13 of 29. Ugh. 195 yards, 6.7 average, one touchdown, no interceptions, was sacked once for six yards and a 79.0 rating. Dave, we'll throw it over to you first. What do you think about Kenny? Did the did you have to let Miles Garrett be the guy that got the one sack? Come on, that's the that's that's something I really didn't want. Once again, believe it or not, people want to complain about Dan Moore. He had a good game last week. People wanted to complain about it all, but he gave up the pressure. No, he wasn't giving up a pressure. Kenny Pickett chose to roll out to have the angle to hit Najee. And then this week, I thought he was doing another nice job against one of the best defenders in the NFL. You know, you give him some help and everything. I'll have to go back and watch it more because I was really. Uh, focusing on a lot of different things during this game um, to, to where I'd really like to go back and check out the line. But Kenneth Shane Pickett, it, it it was not – there was some not good moments in the first half. There really wasn't. Yeah. But it, it, the Steelers still finished the half with the lead – you know, thanks to thanks to a takeaway to help them get the ball back for another three points, and then did a real I, I felt did a real nice solid job throughout the second half. It's not like he went out there and completely tore up. He once again does what he needs to do to what didn't even complete didn't even complete half his passes. I don't even think he no. did. What did you say it was no. 13 to 29. 29. Not even half his hit off his passes, but he didn't turn the ball over didn't force stuff that he shouldn't be doing, and then still made the, the great plays when the Steelers needed him. Dave, well, I throw it over to Brian. Look up what his first half, second half differential was. I guarantee we'll you that second half was remarkably better. Brian, go ahead. What's your uh, thoughts on Kenny? How many touchdown passes did Kenny end with today? How many touchdown passes? Did he end yes. up with the season or today? No, with today. Just one. One. Okay. So he ends up seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, but gosh, what was he like? Oh, and eight. I mean, like he was terrible at yeah. the beginning as far as uh, the touchdown interception ratio. And I'm just feeling that, you know, was it a fantastic performance? No, but it was a winning performance. And I felt that he led that team. If he was concerned about touchdown passes, then you probably see a whole lot more, but he's not afraid to mix it up. He's we've seen him call runs. We've seen him do things like that in the past. I thought it was a very good game as far as leadership goes. And that's what I'm looking forward to as far as that jump goes. So I'm still proud of how Kenny Pickett played in this game. And I thought it was a, uh, a man up game once again. Dave, you have his numbers? Yes, I do. What are not, believe it or not, not all that different. First half, 6 of 15 for 114 yards and a touchdown. But the second half, he was 7 of 14, but only 81 yards. Hmm. And, the, and the one sack. But you also got to remember you had a pass interference in there. Um, I think, well, there should have been another one, but he caught the ball anyway, so that one didn't matter. Yeah. Um Things well, of that best, nature. His best work, I guess, when you think back of and the, the ebb and flow of the game was end of the second quarter into the third is when I think they did most of their damage to the air because in the fourth quarter, well, they didn't have to throw. The they didn't need to. And, no. and how do they not even review that one throw to George Pickens? I mean, that was I, close. It, according to my awesome Twitter followers, because I said that on Twitter, and they said that on the uh, – 
the broadcast. I'm not sure which one it was, uh, Gumble or Archuleta. They said that they looked at it. They didn't see enough to even have to review it. Hmm. I don't see, I didn't see it that way. I, I saw it as there's something there that hey, if, if it's a quick review, it's, that's fine, but review it. It just didn't make sense to me either, but okay. So Kenny Pickett, uh, yeah, pretty good. I, I thought he, I thought he had a decent game shows a lot of potential. And like a lot of people were saying in the live chat, you know, elite quarterbacks aren't made overnight. A lot of times yeah. it takes a year or two. I think we've all seen some really impressive progress from Kenny Pickett so far this season. Let's look at the the rushing. Actually, let's go to receiving next. George Pickens, three catches on six targets for 72 yards. He leads the team, does have a touchdown and a long of 31 yards. Connor Hayward had four targets, three catches, 45 yards and a long of 27. Deontay Johnson, just two catches on 10 freaking targets. Good Lord. Uh, 38 yards and a long of 32. Zach Gentry, one catch, one target, 23 yards. Najee Harris, one for 10. And Jalen Warren, three for seven. It is worth noting that you have the longest plays of the day. You know, Zach Gentry, 23. Deontay Johnson, 32. Connor Hayward, 27. Pickens, 31. They got some big plays in the receiving game. What did you all think of the pass catchers? Dave, we'll start with you. George Pickens is something. He really is. He's making, even though that wasn't called a catch, that was still like, Wow, how was that anywhere close to being a catch? And then otherwise, uh, honestly, the touchdown was probably his least impressive catch because he was just open and threw him the ball. Yeah. Um, but uh, lots to be encouraged about there. Encouraged that Connor Hayward was was worked into the offense after Pat Fairmuth went out. Disappointing that Pat Fairmuth wasn't more of that, but it, I don't know if they were keying in on him or what. I'd have to go back and and see. But uh, and and also Deontay Johnson, that 10 targets with two receptions, yikes. But uh that one non-reception was very nice. The what? The one non-reception. <laughs> oh, yes. That tremendous. if he would have caught and I and I said it right away. I'm like, he lost that ball before the defender hit him. He dropped that way before he actually caught it. Yeah, that was something. What about you, Brian? What do you think about the pass catchers? I thought the receivers were good, but not great in this game. There are some that shown more brightly than others. Look, Deontay Johnson, it's a good thing he's your number two receiver because he's no longer the number one guy, even though he's getting number one targets. But you'll see that jump from Pickens, and I think Pickens is absolutely phenomenal. I really like what I see out of Connor Hayward. There is nothing... There's nothing for me to think that uh, this man cannot be a number one re- tight end in the NFL. The biggest thing for me out of this that that really I appreciate is the fact that Kenny Pickett, as a rookie quarterback, spreads the ball around. He's not afraid to throw it to anybody and everybody in a black and gold jersey, which means he doesn't have that crutch. We always talk about rookie quarterbacks having that crutch tight end. That's why we thought Pat Fryermuth was going to have just a blockbuster season because you thought the rookie was going to throw to him all the time, but he did not have to. You have a lot of guys you could rely on, and I think your number two receiver right now is probably has the least reliable hands right now, even though he's getting most of the targets. Yeah. You bring up Connor Hayward, his role with this team moving forward is going to be really interesting. And the tight end position I find very interesting, not because of fire Muth and his injury, but when you talk about Zach Gentry, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Do they bring him back? And he's their typical blocking tight end. Maybe that Matt Spath type. You have Friar Meath, you have Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward has shown plenty in his rookie season, but I thought the pass catchers, Deontay Johnson, it's it's just a continuation of what we've already known and talked about almost ad nauseum with him. He has these plays where he looks tremendous, and he has these plays where you wonder if he's ever caught a football in his life before. So I thought the pass catchers had a good game. Uh, I like, Brian, you brought up a good point in terms of Kenny Pickett spreading the football around. I mean, when you think about the the big pass play against the Ravens was to who? It was to Steven Sims down the seam. Uh, Connor Hayward uh, in this game with a big third down conversion. So yeah, he's willing to hit the open receivers and they're, they're, they're helping their quarterback. Let's get to the super chat here. Captain Underpants, good friend of the show, gives us $5. Said, we played inspiring ball today. 
We may have missed the playoffs, but next year we're going to be dangerous. This team is going to be great next year. Well, thanks for the tip, Captain Underpants. I hope you are correct. All right, let's go with Tyler W. Gives us $2. Remember the Hayward pick hate? The Steelers know best. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like Connor Hayward's selection. They thought it was just the, the whole family dynamic, and oh, we got another set of brothers on the team. Yeah, the Steelers rookies on offense. I mean, you think about Pickett, Pickens, Hayward, Jalen Warren, and you're even talking about Calvin Austin III, who could end up being a really big piece of the puzzle that we have never seen before. Um, I'm hoping he's, I'm hoping he's not going to pull a Senquez Golson on the team, but still, um, it's one of those things where, yeah, these rookies on offense are just, they're legitimate. We'll put it that way. Let's talk about, um, uh, the rushing game as we haven't talked about the runners yet. Najee Harris, 23 carries, 84 yards, a 3.7 average. He did have a touchdown 11 yard long. He did have that one costly fumble, which is rare for him. Jalen Warren, six carries, 36 yards, a long of 22. Steven Sims had one carry for 16. Connor Hayward, one for six. Gunnar Olszewski, two for four. You see where I'm going with this. Derek Watt had one carry for one yard, which was his touchdown. And Kenny Pickett, three for one. They end up rushing as a team, 37 carries for 148 yards, a 4.0 yard average, two touchdowns and a 22-yard long. Dave, we'll throw it over to you. What do you think about the running game? Not their most efficient performance, but it was the performance that they needed to, to win this game. And, just, I mean, and part of that's, you know, at the end of the game, um, the, you know, the, the Browns are going to be sitting there thinking that they're going to be running more, and 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 the, the Steelers still got the score. They still got the touchdown, and that's what mattered. So, I mean, not perfect – Good enough, more than good enough. I thought that they that they ran hard. I thought that they they blocked decently, and um, like I said, the the fact that it was only four yards per carry that's still think about that every time. If you get four yards a carry every time, that's a first down. Out, you know, that's that's twelve yards in three downs. So that that's it wasn't like it was explosive they were busting out super long runs other than you know you had the one from Jalen Warren you know 22 that's pretty good but they were just they, they just moved the ball and that was what was important Brian what did you think about the running game there was no semblance of a running game at the beginning of this season even uh, close to midseason they were doing nothing i have said this ad nauseum about Najee harris in week eight against philadelphia everybody was ready to run him out of town because he was done he was a bad pick jalen warren should be the number one running back was what everybody not everybody what a lot of guys were saying and it's just like woodstock with uh, a million people going and only a hundred thousand actually went you know i'd like to go back and read your super chats and tell you that yeah most of you were running him out of town. So save the not me because uh, you know you did it. All I'm saying is he's healthy. He's punishing. I'm taking 3.7 every single time too because like when Dave does the math, 3.3 and a half is your, your 10 and your first down. So I'm really liking that I think that they've got a guy that could be a bell cow back, but because of Jalen Warren, he doesn't have to be, and you don't want him to be. And I think Jalen Warren makes him better too. That's a great one-two punch. Jalen Warren's not going anywhere. And man, he puts his head down. Warren just is punishing. He's probably one of the most exciting second stringers that we've had in eons. Well, at least since D'Angelo Williams. But the thing about D'Angelo Williams, you knew it was going to end. You know, you knew that was over after about two years because he was in his 30s. This is future so bright, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I was when you said that, like, and even D'Angelo Williams never had, he wasn't that spark. I mean, he wasn't the change of pace guy. I mean, he was coming in for Le'Veon Bell. If anything, he was more of the grinded out back. This is a weird dynamic, but it's a good dynamic. I'm going to save my thoughts on the running game for our next uh, topic here, but Heath Davis gave us five dollars. Said the steel. Oh gosh! No, don't even say it. The, I have the to because he gave us five dollars. <laughs> no, yeah, you said it, not me. <laughs> the, the, he gave us five bucks already. Okay, so Heath, you get to say it, Jeff. And, yeah, he's in the ride, ride or die crew. All peas in one last mm -hmm. time. The Steel Panther rides again. Do you think we could possibly trade Deontay Johnson and get another mid round pick towards our rebuild? 
No. I don't know if anyone <laughs> would want him. No. Uh, and not only that, that then you'd have to draft a receiver high. I mean, you're, you you don't have are many you, left. Are I, you guaranteeing that CA3 is going to be the guy next year yeah, without getting yeah. to be on the field this year? I, I wouldn't. It's going to be nice to have him back in the mix, but I'm not going. You can't. You you can't really go into the season thinking that that's going to be a definite big contributor. No, I, absolutely not. And I think when you think about the receivers that are on the roster, if Pickens is that guy, if he's him, as they say all the time, then you want a number two. And Deontay Johnson can actually be a really good number two. He's not. He's just not a number one receiver. That's all it is. Brian, any thoughts on that? I'd be really surprised if they did do something like that. That's uh, that's an easy thing to say. I mean, trades like that, like at the beginning of the season that uh, we were saying, oh, man, you should trade DJ. You should trade Chase Claypool and you can get it. To- oh, I was sorry. I think I'll just stop talking right now. Um, but <laughs> let me throw this. I got to stick up for a guy named Davis. I definitely do. Steel Panthers a whole lot better than when I tried to you know, <laughs> tout Mason Rudolph and one James Washington as Steel Cowboys. Steel Cowboys is the Elvis. Um, oh, that Elvis one was bad. Good. I still agree with that. <laughs> he still wants Big Ken for Kenny Pickett. Big Ken. Big Ken. Yeah. Not Big Ben. Big Ken. It's not bad. No. When he was doing the comeback. But, when, I, yeah, but you don't want him to live in that shadow. That's oh, my only thing. I, it's just a fun nickname. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. they don't go around. After winning those two games in a row the way he did, Brian, I get it. I do. Yeah, they don't go around in the locker room saying, hey, Kenneth Shane Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> we might. We don't know that. I could see Pat Fryermuth and uh, Zach Gentry doing that. If you watch their little mic'd up sessions <laughs> in the preseason, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Let's get uh, Justin. Justin Gall gives us four ninety nine. Said I'll admit I was hoping to see Najee traded at the deadline. He's a totally different back, patient, way better vision. Falls forward three yards, new man. Hey, thanks for owning it, Justin. You're one of the few. Trust me, I guarantee yeah. most people are saying that wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, just like I'm sure nobody said that the Steelers couldn't win another game out of the bye unless they fired Tomlin in Canada, you know, and then they go yeah. what they do and, and <laughs> seven and two. Quick. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna need we're gonna need podcasts. So I think one of my new podcast uh, topics is I'm going to take every week, read your live chats, <laughs> live chats with every single show, and call you out, all of you. No, no don't, I think don't call me out because I don't, don't listen to what they say. I don't think we want that either. Hey, we are all emotional fans. I am fine with that. I really am, and I'm glad that Steelers fans and our great BTSC. Uh, community, and I'm, I'll even say Steelers family, is the way that they are. That It's oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Be passionate. Get frustrated when players don't play well. Don't get frustrated when, when the coaches screw up. But at the same time, you've you, you've own just it. also got to fly, uh, fly, you know, fly high when things are great and, and own it when those other things are going. Be emotional. That's okay. We love you anyway. Brian, instead of the uh, the mean tweets, do stupid tweets or stupid <laughs> comments by Steeler fans. That's what you can do. Well, don't, don't, we might be... don't we already have a show? You might be encroaching on the what Ian's talking about, guys, a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I, I, I can't wait to hear if they go back and do that this offseason. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be. That would take a lot of time, but that would be hysterical. Yeah. Okay, let's let's finish this up. When I said I didn't want to say much about the running game because to me this was all about the offensive line, mm-hmm. the offensive line paving the way. Uh, the Browns, they were not great against the run. I think the Steelers got just about their average for uh, yards per game. If the Steelers finished one forty eight, I want to say the Browns are about one forty five or something like that average per game. Nonetheless, the offensive line only gave up one sack and two quarterback hits. Um, Dave's looking up the numbers right now to see if that's fact or fiction. For for the season, the Browns yeah. gave up 134.4 okay. over the last eight games, which was since thereby, they were 145.8. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So, okay, Dave, go ahead and give us your thoughts on the offensive line. Um, I One of the things that you don't – I'm just stumbling over my words. Okay, this is what I'm going to say first. 
for those fans out there that want to talk about the waste that is Kendrick Green because he never wore, got a helmet all season, that is fantastic that Kendrick Green never got a helmet all season because that meant that the Steelers' offensive line was healthy going into the game every single week. All you had was Mason Cole missed just over a half of one game, a few snaps here and there. That These guys playing together for the season was huge, and I really feel that they came together. Got to love what Coach Pat Meyer is doing. I'm not saying that these guys are all so great that the Steelers shouldn't look to upgrade. No, you always go into one season to the next wanting to get better. That's why the guy that started most of your games at center last year didn't even have a helmet this year. That's what you want to do still. But I thought, especially today, I thought they they did what they needed to do. It's not like they blew me out of the water, but there was times of run plays. I'm like, they're really getting some good push. Um, they they didn't have costly penalties. They got they got uh, good push in the run game. And I mean, Kenny Pickett had that had the one sack, and that was it. how many quarterback hits did you see? Two. Did, did, Two. You only got hit twice the whole game. That's what the ESPN stat line uh, is. Yeah, here, he got hit twice. My goodness, against this defense that's supposed to have the player that they were trying to highlight so much to get him more sacks and give him a push to be defensive player of the year that the guy playing across from him basically refused to play this week. I mean, my goodness, I think that's a good job. Brian, thoughts on the offensive line? <laughs> this is a five-piece puzzle. one two three four and five put them all together you have a fantastic piece of the line they all fit in different ways but they when you put them all together you've got magic we did not know this Mm -hmm. that the Steelers were getting magic when they brought in Mason Cole we're we're excited when they brought in Cole we were exciting when they went ahead and and called Chicago and got, well, they didn't call Chicago. They brought him from Chicago, James Daniels. And when they brought him in, we were excited. And then right away, we just scrapped it. And we're like, ah, this offensive line sucks. Well, he, was, he a- was not good in the preseason, but yeah. he turned it around. He definitely because, did. But yeah. he, even he, he said, it takes time mm-hmm. to uh, learn a new system, put it all together and gel with those guys. These guys are they're one unit they're they're basically one unit they fit together and you did not have to mix and match and that's absolutely incredible when you saw the injury reports there were not not a lot of offensive linemen on the injury reports in fact i would not be shocked if Larry Ogunjobi was on more injury reports than the entire Steelers <laughs> starting offensive line in 2022. Be and I bet you I'm right, Stat Geek. Look that You're up pr- because I'm telling you. Oh my goodness, I don't have to look at it. I have them all. I have all the pictures saved on my phone from having to do the articles. But yeah, hey, I was reminded in the live chat that there was the, the illegal man downfield penalty, which what was frustrating about that one is not only was he downfield, he didn't block anybody either. <laughs> so, <laughs> other, other than that one, you know, they didn't have the false starts, they didn't have the, the they didn't have the holds. The 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 two main penalties that you think of for the offensive line that one was just a, uh, and, and it had nothing to do with that play that's what was so frustrating but uh t- take that one away otherwise um especially those tackles they did a nice job i think for me the offensive line what they have built and, and i still can't wrap my head around the fact that outside of a half a game by mason cole and one play by chooks for this offensive line all five starters correct me if i'm wrong dave and brian all five starters played every single game outside of the half by the half missed with the foot injury by Mason Cole and one play by Chooks Akora for when he left with a shoulder injury. I well, think there, that's it. But before Mason Cole um, went out for that half, he had missed five snaps before that. Okay. Um, it's still. Incredible. So, yes. So, other than that, yeah, the other three, I, I'm pretty, they came yeah, into the game with 100% of the snaps. I can tell you that. Yes. I mean, just the continuity they have and what that shows and what had shown the Steelers is that while you can still upgrade this line, you could go out in free agency and get a guard or a tackle, whatever, or you could address it in the draft. If they were to somehow have to say, you know, we're going to stick with this group, they've proven that they can get the job done. 
So you can upgrade, but it's not one of those needs that is so glaring that everyone and their brother knows it's going to be addressed in the offseason, which we've, we've had that in recent years. So let's get to James Wright. He gave us two ninety nine. dollars I think it was Dingo Dollars down in Australia. Yeah. Said good win to finish the season. KP plus GP equals SB. I hope that you are right, James, for sure. Greg W. gives us $10. BTSE kept it positive. Thanks to you all. We try. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Let's just say that. It was not. We're fans right there with you all. It is not easy. It was not an easy season to stay positive. We tried, we did the best that we could. Vincent Jarello gives us $5. Do they ride with Canada or actually look outside the organization to get away from the jet sweep offense? Okay. Brian, did you have something to say before I go to the next and final question before we take a break? It was to piggyback off something you say, but I already forgot it. <laughs> okay, then it must not have been that great. Let's go with the question, and this is going to answer uh, Vincent's $5 tip. Thank you, Vincent. We appreciate it. Is do you simple yes or no? Canada back? Yes or no, Dave? It's not a simple yes or no question, but yeah, I know I, you you want a Dave answer, but I'll give you the yes or no. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh man, what what they're going to do or what I want, because it's two different. Right. What what do you think they'll do? What do you think the Steelers will do? I think they're going to do what you've been saying, and they're going to ask Kenny Pickett what he wants. Najee Harris gave Matt Canada some credit uh, after the game. So as much as I thought, well, maybe they just were kind of – everyone knew Canada was the problem and they were just overcoming him. I don't know if that report is true. So I, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not very – that's like a 51% yes, and I'm not saying that's even what I want. I'm just thinking about what the Steelers will do. Yeah. I get it. Brian, you've been a very harsh critic of Matt Canada. What do you think? I think Omar Khan's a different guy. Uh, I, I know it goes down to mostly Mike Tomlin's decision, but I think there's going to be a conversation. I kind of agree with both of you guys that they they uh, check with Kenny Pickett as well, but you can't put you can't make him the scapegoat in this whole thing too. And the bottom line to the whole thing, we're thrilled about seven out of nine. We're definitely thrilled about that, but one more, just three and five, they're in the playoffs and they didn't need help today. And he goes, you cannot forgive that. We talked about past demons at the beginning of this game from that two and six start that that's the reason they're not in the playoffs right now, but you can't just overlook how Matt Canada has improved because if he even if he improves at the end of last season, you go back to starting off like that once again. Possibly, I know Mitch Trubisky was in there, I know you have a rookie quarterback, but I really think that they've got to look at it, and I think they're going to look at it a little bit more with the fact that they're not in the playoffs than if they would have gotten in. I would have said it's a slam dunk that he's back. So in my opinion, I know you, I'll get to you, Dave. Oh, no, no. Uh, I want you to answer first. <laughs> okay. In my opinion, if the reports and I've been saying this without any reports, but I guess there have been reports circulating that what I had suggested on my let's ride podcast that they give Kenny Pickett kind of not the final say, but a large portion of the say, if they're at that point, then there's a good chance he's back. And I would say that, yes, he is back because if he's that bad, they don't even leave it up to Kenny. They just say, look, he's gone. Yeah. It's This is not the direction we want to go in. We gave it two years. We gave him different players. We brought in players that were specific to his scheme. They went down that slippery slope like I talked about on Let's Ride. And if they are going to say, look, we want to bring in and have this conversation, then that tells me that they're at least high enough, high enough on the guy that it would take Kenny Pickett saying, get him the hell out of here, that they would get rid of him. So for me, I think he's back. I'm not saying, like Dave said, I'm not saying that's what I want. That's just what I think. Go ahead, Dave. Anything to add? I was going to say is, you know, when, when Matt Canada was hired as the offensive coordinator two years ago, we don't know if his contract was renewed, whether it was a new contract there or if it just went from the year before. I think a lot of it has to do, do if he's at the end of his contract or not. But maybe with Omar Khan, it's different. I, I, I don't know, but it, it's still, it's still Mr. You know, AR2 that has the, that this is probably going to come down to as well. Yeah. But two years ago when they were doing that and you're like, oh, they're not hiring Matt Canada right away. All they're doing, all these interviews, they're doing all this, that, and the other things. Also look at some of those other guys that Steelers fans really wanted and how they've turned out the last two years. Not good. 
either. So I'm not saying there would have been better answers. But I think if you look at this offense now and you say, oh, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Najee Harris, offensive line on the rise, and we can invest a little bit more into it, it's a much more appealing job than it was two years ago, in my opinion. So honestly, this wouldn't be a terrible time to think that you could actually get the upgrade. Because think about it, two years ago, a uh, 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 Another coordinator might have been, you know what, uh, Ben Roethlisberger at the very end. No idea what you're going to do after that. Uh, yeah, I'm not touching that with a with a with a ten foot pole. Now I think it's more appealing that if they do decide to say not the, that they feel that they could upgrade because others would want this job, that now would be a good time to do that. That's a good point. Good point. All right, we're going to take a quick break. For those on the audio side, you hear a word from our sponsors. For those on YouTube or Facebook, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second part of the show. It's we went long in the first half. We Suck did. it up. We'll be fine. We did it. Um, <laughs> did have someone ask earlier? I lost it in the live chat. I'll have to try to find it. Um, before we do that, Tyler W gave us two dollars. Says, "Oh, Canada, Nabro, I'm on Canada, Nabro, I'm good." So, hey, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't want Matt Canada back, and I'm not saying I'm that not that's saying what, I do what either. I want. <laughs> yeah, but it's what I think might happen. This I found it. Thomas Riley said, "Will BTSE still have weekly shows?" <laughs> oh, Thomas. Thomas, Poor Thomas, he kept, he kept predicting a tie all those all those times. He had 17-17 this week. I love it. I, I love that you stuck with it, Thomas, though. I got to give you props for that. Go ahead, Thomas. Uh, he must be new to the program. Uh, we are not going anywhere. Uh, we will be giving you daily shows seven days a week uh, and more than one a week on our audio side. So if you want to get our morning lineup, noon lineup, those are only where you get your podcast, whatever platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe. And then, obviously, we'll be giving you the live YouTube show and Facebook show a day. But, man, yeah, geez. Go ahead, Brian. We are 365, and that includes Christmas. That includes yeah. New Year's. That includes Arbor, includes Arbor Day. That includes Dave Schofield's birthday. Yeah. We are always here, and we're going to be. Yeah. Trust me. I mean, it's... There are days we don't want to be here, and yet here we are. And just here. wait till the draft comes around. There'll be plenty there, too. Oh, yeah. man. That, that is – people don't That's understand. That's the busiest the weekend of the guests. year. They always think, oh, the season has to be so uh, so, so busy. No, it's not even close compared to the draft. That's the busiest of the month. Let's talk about the defense. The Steelers' defense shows up and shows out against the Brown and we, Browns in Week 18. Let's talk about Mr. Massage, Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to say that joke again. That's the only time. <laughs> just going to put it out there. Uh, he goes 19 of 29, 230 yards, 7.9 yard average, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, one by Levi Wallace, one by DeMonte KZ, sacked seven times for 57 yards, an 84.0 ranking. The Steelers ended with 10 quarterback hits on the day. Let's talk about the pass rush first. I want to run down some numbers here for you. The pass rush for the Steelers, sacks. Alex Highsmith, two and a half. Cameron Hayward, two, should be three. Terrell Edmonds, one. TJ Watt, a half. Larry Ogunjobi, one. Probably should have been zero. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He giveth and he taketh away. All right, so uh, Dave, what do you think about the pass rush? Um, The pass rush, I... I'm going to I'm going to have to give credit to Shannon White here, but go back to the joke that you were going to um, mention once. Shannon said, "Man, he must be using that massage oil on his jersey because it seems like these guys can't can't get a hold of him." It's it feels like the Steelers should have had 27 sacks because how many times did it, did it did it feel like he was getting away? And then you look at it and he still had seven, but there were so many other times they were right there and just couldn't finish it. And I feel bad for Cam Hayward because so many times he got out of their grasp. So Hayward makes sure that he didn't and they flag him for being too rough. Oh, that was so frustrating. So I felt like they did a nice job, but there still was a lot that they left out on the field. I, th- I feel they did a great job, but still left a lot out on the field. What about you, Brian? What do you think about the pass rush? You know what, guys? Uh, I'm sorry. I got to do this. I got to take this call. I've got Mary Kay Cabot on the phone. <laughs> She's uh, Brown's uh, know-it-all. Hey, Mary Kay, is it true that Deshaun Watson requested a beekeeper's suit because the Steelers were swarming? 
<laughs> they were i mean just at the end you were just like here they come again and we're like who's gonna get this one who's gonna get this one you're just looking for the number just like who got it and like dave said earlier before we went on you know cam hayward got jobbed out of one he should have had three backs on the day instead of the two that he got <sighs> dave, brian's like a full-on prop comedian today <laughs> the puzzles and the phone calls and all that fun gallagher stuff, so. died this year i mean <laughs> if i could if i wouldn't get yelled at by my wife i would just smash the crap out of a watermelon right now <laughs> that's good uh let's go to uh, Gabriel Golden gives us five dollars. Says no happy ending for the Browns. And there <laughs> Gabriel Golden was in my seats today. Oh, nice. Yes, nice. very good. I so, don't have a prop okay. for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, uh, yeah, the, the tackling was just so bad at times for the Steelers that it kind of it gave a to me, at least in my opinion, it gave this weird connotation about the game. So you're watching it and you're thinking. Oh gosh, they're missing all these opportunities. Mark Robinson missing. Uh, Cam Hayward misses. TJ Watt misses. And you're just like, what is going on? And they end up still somehow with seven sacks. You, I, I don't know how else outside of just capitalizing on more of those opportunities. It's a pretty tremendous game. But let's talk about the pass defense. You know, we talked about Watson throwing for two thirty. Uh, you look at the receiving numbers. Amari Cooper only had two catches on three targets for fifty one. Nick Chubb. Had five catches on six targets, six targets for 45. David Njoku had a touchdown. So did Nick Chubb receiving uh, four catches on five targets for Njoku for 42. Donovan Peoples-Jones, two for 42. Harrison Bryant, two for 20. So they spread the ball around, but no one went off. Uh, the Steelers, like I mentioned, the interceptions by KZ and Levi Wallace. They finished the season, I believe, with 20 interceptions, which I think leads the NFL as of right now. Dave, what do you think about the pass defense? Uh, once again, I thought that they did a real nice job. There was some times that where they got picked apart a little bit because Watson had so much time to throw, whether it be because he escaped um, the, the the pass rush or the pass rush was just mainly trying to contain him to not let him break the break the pocket and, and rush uh, for too much. That's when I feel like the Browns did the most is when he had so much more time to throw the ball. And that was unusual because that's not what you usually get from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is they have to, they, they can't just sit back there forever and and try and try to do that. But I thought that the that the pass defense in this, I mean, my goodness, they have, they have so much stacked against them in today's NFL. And for them to you know come out, what, what, it wasn't under two hundred yards, but you know hold them to. Well, I mean, Watson had two hundred and thirty passing. Here's the, I want to look at this real quick. What was the net passing yards? Um, net so you take the sacks off 173 173 yeah so they that's held him under 200 yards passing even though watson threw for 230 because of all the sacks so that's still another great job um and and getting the interceptions uh real you know levi wallace he said before the game that if he gets an interception he wants to send uh, the ball to uh to his teammate from last year demar hamlin and, and he got it so i'm really glad that he was able to get that today Absolutely. Brian, what are your thoughts on the uh, past defense? That was pretty good. You know, (laughs) seriously, they couldn't go up top on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if they did, I don't think it would. I mean, I really didn't see the long ball in their game today. If, if I missed it, I do apologize, but it just didn't seem like they could, they were going to be able to stretch the field when Nick Chubb's getting, getting five for 45. Those are on dump off plays. When you're going to the tight ends, those are, those are on dumps as well. And there's some rack with that. You know, I just felt like the entire time that I felt comfortable and I'm really liking what Terrell Austin is doing with them. Terrell Austin, excuse me, is what he's doing with this team. And he gets very little credit for it. In fact, we give a guy like Brian Flores more credit than we give Terrell Austin. And I think Terrell Austin deserves a whole heck of a lot of it. Um, I did bring up his name. Somebody in the live chat said it'd be a shame if he's not here next year. No, it really would be a shame because that guy is going to be a head coach but you really want to keep him this year. So watch to see, hope his name is not on anybody's list because if you lose him next year to a head coaching job, you probably get a number one pick out. Would they? Who, if, who was that? What? Flores. Don't if you Brian get a number Flores. one pick? 
don't you get a, a pretty good draft pick if somebody takes your takes one of your defensive assistants and makes them a good uh, a coach or like you get a, some kind of compensation? No, it's, it's supposed to be you get multiple third round picks, but that doesn't that doesn't work for Flores this year because you have to be with the franchise that, two years. That's that's what I said. Yeah, that's why yeah. you want to. So you wouldn't get anything. So I screwed up the first round pick. I but yeah. you get you get a decent pick for him. But you get nothing for him this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you want to keep him. Yes. Um, I'm really sorry, Brian. It's yak. Um, it's yards after catch because uh, when you say the other word, I'm thinking that it's Veronica Vaughn so singing yes. to Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a nice, uh, yes. um, <laughs> man, I, I just, <laughs> gosh, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, so. Back to you, Jeff. We don't have a long enough show to diagnose what's wrong with Brian. All right. We yeah. Have a time no, he's, no, he's already thinking of the beehive. That's what it is. He's, he's, <laughs> he's in off-season mode. Oh. You know, hey, real quick, then I got to do it. If you're going to bring up the beehive. <laughs> so my son's in the car the other day. Oh he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, my friend Sapphire. I'm like, oh, my God. What's her name? Like, Sapphire. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got to talk about this one. So, I, and I said something. It's about, like her future occupations already set in stone. Yeah, I said, I said, what is she? I mean, like, it sounds like a stripper. And my kid's yelling at me. I'm like, no, he, she stole somebody's phone. And then, <laughs> I watch your phone around her. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. And we're back. So, and we're back. Uh, yeah. And we're back. Let's go to the Steelers' run defense. They they did a good job against the Cleveland rushing attack for the most part. Nick Chubb finishes with 77 yards on 12 carries, a 6.4-yard average. Deshaun Watson himself runs for 44 yards on six carries. And uh, Kareem Hunt, 13 on four carries. Uh, Deshaun Watson had a 21-yard run. Nick Chubb had a 15-yard run. Uh, they end up giving up 22 carries, 134 total yards, a 6.1 average, no rushing touchdowns. What do you guys think about the rush defense? Dave, we'll start with you. The, one of the best rushing defenses is your offense. You know, having a lead, doing that, doing what they did. I mean, if you look at it by half, let's look at it by half. In the first half, the Browns had 58 yards on 11 carries. That's that's just that that's what they had. They had 76 yards on 11 carries in the second half, but. The biggest of that was really the the Watson scramble. Watson was three yards shy of being the leading rusher in the second half because and, and those weren't designed runs. That did they run a single quarterback design run all game? I'm pretty sure they didn't. Um, unless you guys can correct me with that one. So I mean, they, they they held the running backs to 90 yards. It's just being able to to contain the quarterback there. So to me, you almost have to look at it separately as run defense against the run. They did a nice job. Run defense against the quarterback scrambling, not as good as what they did um, otherwise. Brian, what were your thoughts on the run defense? i tell you what, when you go ahead and you hold Nick Chubb to 77 yards, you've got to get really excited about it. I realize he only had 12 carries, and I do not know why Kevin Stefanski does not just use him as a bell cow against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I really don't, because that guy, I think he's like Jerome Bettis in the way that you don't want to see him in the fourth quarter. And you're not seeing him much in this game. His biggest impact was with a touchdown on a reception. But, you know, he is just a, he is so punishing and dangerous. One of the best fantasy backs the past couple of years because the guy gets a lot. But when it comes to the Steelers, they don't push the issue on it. And I don't understand that. Mike Tomlin was asked about how the Steelers handled Chubb. And he really didn't want to talk about it. He just kind of shifted it to Najee Harris. And he said, the goal is to have your rusher, especially late in the season, be the best one in stadium. And he talked about how it's won both sides of the ball, offense and defense, just kind of like Dave said, you know, you know, your best running game is stopping their running game or best way to stop a running game is having a running game. And that's kind of what Mike Tomlin said. And so, they really did a good job with this rushing attack. Now, the reason there was no Kareem Hunt and they didn't hold him to two, uh, 13 as much as it looks like because he was evaluated for a head injury, um, I believe in the but second But then came quarter. back. Yeah. Yeah. 
but he just he was kind of a an afterthought when he came back. Yeah. Um, can I can I answer something here real quick, Jeff? Yeah. Um, Jennifer and I can never get her last name right, so I just leave it at Jennifer. She wants to know: Is it true the Browns only had six yards in the third quarter? It's not. They they had seven yards. Um, ac- according to the Steelers, yeah. Come but, on, Jennifer. No, no, no. Hey. What I'm saying is, she's she, she she's hour. right. <laughs> because what it is, we're just no. messing with her. <laughs> one yard. They gave up 31 yards rushing, because 21 of it to, was to Watson, but they had 24 yards that they had them on th- lost in three sacks. So yeah, seven yards according to the Steelers media website page. Um. For 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 the third quarter, seven total yards. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's when the game was won. Was in the third quarter. Hey, I'm going to say this about the run defense, and that is that last season, rewind back to last year. Even though the Steelers made the playoffs, what are the two things the Steelers couldn't do to save their lives? Run the football, stop the run. I mean, they couldn't run them their way out of a wet paper bag, and they couldn't stop anyone if their lives depended on it. And what did they do this season? At least in the second half, boy, did they turn things around. Yeah, they had the blip against the Baltimore Ravens. They surrendered 215. The Ravens do that to a lot of teams, by the way. Uh, and the Browns are a running team as well. They've, they've, they've really changed the dynamic of this team on offense and defense and how they handle the run, both running the ball and stopping the run. Uh, okay. This is kind of disappointing that this is kind of the, the last one. We're, gonna, we're not going to have one of these for – a long time. Another post-game show. August. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. So uh, why don't we do some final thoughts here? Dave, go ahead. Okay, final thoughts. The Steelers didn't make the playoffs. It's disappointing. I We all wanted to see them play another game. But sometimes you have to try to find a silver lining. Silver lining is Steelers roll into the offseason winning four games in a row. Steelers go into the roll of the offseason, winning six of their last seven. Steelers go in the offseason, going seven and two since the bye. Steelers did this with a with a rookie quarterback that, that took over a few weeks into the season and kind of looking at this rebuild, reload season. Jeff's been saying two to three years, two to three years. Man, if that's it, they made a jump in 2022. I believe this team did make a jump for the 2022 season, especially when you look at how it started and where it's going. You look at the team they have now. Do they do they have to address some issues? Sure. Would 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 like you know you've got like the Terrell Edmonds, the Monte KZ, both saying they want to come back. It would be great if the Steelers could sign Larry O again. That I mean, he was a great addition for them, and some players that that are that are going to to not be here anymore. But if you look at what they have, they have a foundation. And then you talk about building on top of that, even some of the players they got, like their offensive line is locked in for the next two years. Every one of those guys is under contract for the next two years. So it doesn't mean that they still can't upgrade there, that they that that's just one place. You take what they have and try to improve to even get better for, from what you have. You have a starter that then becomes a reserve player at a position along the way that they don't, you know, maybe don't have to play as many snaps or something like that. That's just all these things that you can build on. I'm very, very encouraged. I'm I'm extremely disappointed that a phantom horse caller call cost me $500, but it is what it is. Um, because in case you're wondering, uh, that was a pretty bad call that set the that set the Dolphins up in field goal range for them to win that game. And uh, yeah, I had a free bet place that the Steelers made the playoffs. That you know, hey, you got to thank DraftKings for giving us all those free bets when they opened up in Maryland. And and I just threw one out there, but uh, it's all right. I'm encouraged by this team, and I would much rather I'd much rather go into this offseason really encouraged about the Steelers. Um, more than anything, and even if they would have made the playoffs and, and not have been able to go on any kind of run, um, I still would have been encouraged at the fact that this team that people didn't expect to do very well finished nine and eight and and went into the postseason. I thought I was a homer at the beginning of the year, um, saying they were pick going to you know they could win eleven games when we do that for fun, but uh, realistically, I was like there, there's a lot of question marks, and especially early on for them to turn it around the way they did. Kudos to the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. I know I'm going on a lot. It's kind of sad because these same guys will never be together on a team again. That's what makes it sad. You're going to have new faces next year. So uh, just want to thank the guys for what they did this year. 
There you go. Kathy Ford gives us $10. It says, I'm sad it's the end of the season. Consoled to know all you guys will still be around week one before we know it. Ain't that the truth, Kathy? Thank you for the tip. Brian, final thoughts. Go for it. You know, I'm going to look at it this way. Dave said that, you know, 11 wins was what he was picking and hoping for. You know, really, they should have had 11 wins. They could have had 12 wins with, with, I mean, the Dolphins lost, the Patriots lost, the Jets lost. You know, there's a lot of could have showed us it. And yeah, they didn't do it. And we know that. But it kind of feels like even with as bad as this season felt through the first eight games, the last nine games, and if my math is right, seven of nine, Dave stopped at uh, five of seven down the stretch, but they won seven of their last nine. And that just shows me that a seven and two team. And with the last nine games of the season, you know, just one more win, one more win. And they're there. So they build on this. I think they build on this big time next year. I really think that this is, this is a team that is going to be challenging, not just only for the division title, but they're going to be, they're going to be challenging for top couple seeds. And that is something that I'm excited about because Dave's right. We are ahead of the curve when you're looking at being ahead of schedule for this rebuild. And this was still a rebuilding, rebuilding season. And we know it, but I remember how we all felt at two and six about our Steelers. And now I know how we feel about seven and two about our Steelers. And you got to think that seven and two, that percentage is going to be more likely for the beginning of the first half of 2023. And if that happens, we're going to be celebrating a lot on week 17 and talking about seeding. Well said, I'm going to save my thoughts for my let's ride podcast on Monday where I'll talk about it, but I want to spend a few minutes here uh, saying thank you to some people, um, both to Dave and Brian here on screen with me, uh, or if you're listening in audio form, that's great too. Uh, for all the work that they put in this season, uh, it's behind the scenes. Majority of it, it is thankless work. It is sometimes just mindless, numb, mind numbing stuff. But yet, it's what makes our podcast and editorial staff run and function smoothly. To every single person, whether they're a podcaster or a writer or a contributor in some way, shape, or form, to the website behindthesteelcurtain.com or to the podcast platform, whether you see their faces on YouTube and Facebook or not, or whether you just hear their voices, I want to say thank you. Uh, these are some of our most listened to shows. So I figured I'll say it here. I want to say thank you to every single contributor. I don't think we're having anyone leave or depart that I've heard of yet. So you can expect us all back throughout the whole off season, both on the editorial side and on the podcast side, buckle up. It's going to be a, an interesting off season. Dave, you yeah, want to add I will go say, don't go away. We're still going to be here for a lot of shows for everything else. I don't want to see names in, in September being, Oh wow. I haven't seen you for a long time. So, stick around. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all the people that check out all of our podcasts and whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, or on the audio side, we really do appreciate you all. And if you all weren't here, well, we would probably wouldn't be here either. So uh, yeah, Brian, anything to add? Are you good? I'm just so thankful, like you said. And remember, if you haven't checked out that audio side and you never have, there's stuff that you're not getting on here. So uh, check it out. You'll love it. And uh, we're going to be here the whole way through, like Jeff and Dave said. All right. Until next season. That's a wrap for the Steelers 2022 season. We will see you on the next post game show in the preseason in 2023. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you later. Go Steelers. Everybody else gets a little tight.